You're listening to Grads Give Back, the podcast that asks graduates of Humber College's business marketing program what they're doing now, how they got there, and how Humber helped them along the way. They'll share their best tips, tricks, and tools so you too can be successful in your career. Grads Give Back, the podcast. Let's listen in. And a very warm welcome to all of you. Today on the program, I'm speaking with Desiree Thomas, a digital marketing specialist and small business owner. Since graduating from the business marketing program in 2017, she's gained experience in paid media, email marketing, content creation, and social media management. She's also an accomplished entrepreneur with her own photography and digital marketing business. We'll take a quick peek at her journey from psychology major to digital marketing guru and some stops in between. Along the way, she'll share some tips that will help you in your future career. Desiree Thomas, welcome to Grads Give Back. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I understand that you're currently working for a virtual healthcare provider. You do the whole digital marketing sort of grab bag of tricks, right? You strategy, uh, social media, the uh, funnel, the journey, all that kind of stuff. Could you tell me just a a little bit about the work that you've been doing for them? Yeah, of course. So um, again, it is a virtual healthcare company obviously took off during this pandemic. A lot of people still don't really understand it. And they it's basically our job to make that platform known and to make basically to bring out what virtual healthcare is. So what is what is virtual healthcare then? So virtual healthcare is basically um, doctors that are on demand 24-7. So you can log on to the website, you can book your appointment. Most of our doctors will be it'll take about maybe 20 minutes. During the pandemic the time went up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yep. Just a little bit. <laughs> But um, yeah, they you can do all your diagnosis there. You'll do prescriptions. And of course, if it's more than what the virtual can handle, they will tell you to go to a hospital. So then your role, as you mentioned before, is build a brand awareness. Correct. Yes. All everything, all the designs. I'm basically the face on all of the socials as well, from our LinkedIn to our, you know, because we are B2B, LinkedIn's our main priority. And then we'll have like Twitter and Facebook, but just making sure that community is building and, you know, creating that hub of awareness and showing that we are the thought leaders in that area. How important is creating a full digital marketing strategy, cross-channel, et cetera, et cetera, for what you do? It is so important because you have to understand, again, where your clientele is. Not all clientele will be on the same platform. And again, just figure out what platform works for you. So again, in our case, B2B is our market. So LinkedIn is where our priority is. But with that also is a shift of the type of collateral you're putting out there because you're not going to be posting, you know, just imagery the way you would on Instagram Um, on LinkedIn, you are posting more thought leadership, more knowledge, more information, more stats. You're basically curating custom collateral for each platform. That sounds like a very big job. Now, how do you then decide what kind of material you're going to do? What role does analytics play in helping you make some of those decisions? Are you tracking all of that stuff? Yeah. Analytics is everything. Ensuring, you know, you are posting at the right time, ensuring you're targeting the right people. There is so much people on the web. Mm -hmm. Providing content to just people in any area is not going to work for your business. You have to make sure you are providing the right type of knowledge to the right type of demographic. We target a lot of HR. So my focus needs to be very HR based. And it's very trial and error because sometimes you will read the type of content I write or the type of copy and it's kind of geared towards our clients and the customers. And it's like catching yourself and going back and being like, nope. So it's very, you have to focus on who you're targeting. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, making sure, you know, the age demographic is correct, making sure the location is correct. Because again, in our case, we only provide to Canadians. So 
go, you know, be very curated for a Canadian market and not go external. Oftentimes, you know, when we come out of a marketing program, like a lot of the students will be doing, we have all the marketing training. So we know about the funnel, we know about some of the digital tools, we know about CRM, then you end up working in a particular industry. Yeah. So what was the learning curve for you in learning to sort of speak the language or speak the jargon of healthcare in order to do the marketing that you have to do? Honestly, I think walking into a healthcare company, especially during a pandemic, was probably the hardest thing anybody could have done. Yes. Especially because we were just, it was just go, go, go. I didn't get the full help that I needed. Okay. It was very trial and error. It was very, you know, just watching to see what got the reactions basis, like versus what didn't work and being very careful. Mm -hmm. Because for example, talk about blogging or talk about beauty and now you're talking about health, which is a whole other level of information you are providing individuals. So you have to be very careful. Everything needs to be checked and scanned and make sure you're providing right facts. And it was hard. It is still hard. And it's it's something where, you know, you have to be open to the research. Working in social media as well, uh, you and I were speaking earlier about you being sort of the voice or the quote unquote face of the company. Talk a little bit about the responsibility of that, because some of our graduates may be going out and going into social media roles. This is not your personal social media. How, how do you finesse that line? I think it's stepping back and almost stepping into what the end goal is. Um, a lot of people, again, they want to you know, put their own voice in it. They want to make it their own. They get frustrated if you know it's not something they like. But you have to understand that, especially when you walk to the company or any, you know, if you're helping any marketing company, the first thing you need to understand is what is their brand vision? What is their end goals? Because it's not about you. You can come with your creative twist. You can come with your marketing expertise. If you are not aligning with their brand visions and their brand goals and what they are trying to get out of using for, from social media, you're not going to be around too long. <laughs> it's the truth. It's, it's really sad, but it's the truth. Again, you are their face almost. Mm -hmm. And if that is not translated correctly, it's not you who's going to be affected. It is the brand and the company. You don't want to be the one that causes a PR nightmare for a company. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Understanding the vision, understanding, you know, what KPIs they want, what their targets are. If any events are coming up, that's their priority right now. Just understanding what they are and then build off that. That's kind of the best advice to stepping into it. One of the things I want to talk about is the fact that you yourself are an entrepreneur and you have your own company where you help other companies with digital consulting, social media marketing, brand awareness, content creation. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about your other love which is photography. I just want to note for everyone that you also had studied photography at Humber College as well as taking the marketing program. What was the journey there a little bit? Like how did you decide to finish the photography program but then also go and do the marketing program? So backstory to everything, I was actually in psychology before everything happened. Okay. <laughs> it's a complete 360. So I was in my second year of psychology. It wasn't aligning at that moment. I just couldn't figure out what was going on and I was given a full scholarship for photography. At Humber. So of course I took it. I went, it was an amazing program and coming out. It's funny when you put things into the universe. Cause the number one rule was I was not going to shoot wedding. That was my no, I was not going to do it. And I got a full-time job in a wedding company. <laughs> <laughs> so basically did that for about two and a half years. And I was like, okay, it, this is not aligning too much. There was something that needed a flip. So I went back to school for marketing because I realized I really liked the idea of, you know, positioning individuals and combining not only the creative aspect, but the aspect of making their voice heard and that storytelling. And 
I'm very big on experiences. That's where my specialties come in. Mm -hmm. So went back for marketing, that happened. And then I was maybe my second year, the word of mouth started happening. So as I was in school, I was basically doing a full-time company with photography and brand development at the same time. Right. And then the social kind of kicked in and then everything just kind of like intertwined together. Did you land a job right away, right out of Humber um, at a particular company or did you, and did you continue uh, with your own company as well? When I came out of marketing? Yes. So I came out of marketing for, um, I had graduated in May and um, I remember just saying, okay, I'm just going to take the summer off, but it wasn't taking off because the company was still keeping itself afloat. Mm-hmm. That was happening and I couldn't really take clients off. So what ended up happening was it wasn't until February where I actually started looking. Okay. So the story too is I was going to go back to get the my BA in marketing. Okay. I think there was a shift in the program at Guelph Humber and the BA program no longer existed. I ended up going, taking some months off and just focusing on my stuff. And then February was when I joined onto a full agency. Um, and I was doing all their paid advertising, all their collateral building, all that stuff. And that's kind of where the nine to five started. Just so some of the students uh, have kind of an insight into this because uh, you are one of our entrepreneurial guests on the show and there may be a few out in the graduating class who want to start their own businesses. Just help us understand a bit of that journey of finding those clients. So I'm very good when it comes to just human connection, just connecting with others. And a big part of, I think, why my company's just succeeded the way it did so quick was I generally just want to help people. So I noticed a lot of times when I would meet somebody, I was so quick to be like, okay, what can I do for you? And in the starting phase, there was a lot of individuals where I was just volunteering. I was like, hey, like I'll help you out. I don't mind. Cold emails are always great too. Introductions. That was something I did a lot in the beginning as well when I started, um, you know, really just when I started hitting the bigger brands, mm-hmm. straight cold email. It was like, you know, messaging Bumble and being like, hey, we have this thing. We can do this for you. Are you interested? Right. And it was just, it's either a yes or no. That's kind of how it happened. So how do you deal with the the psychological ramifications of that? We don't all like to hear the word no, but do you use it as a, as a challenge? Do you use it as sort of a, a clarification or where does it sit with you? You almost have to put yourself in the position and ask yourself if someone came to you that you have no idea who they are, you know, would you give them the time of day? And sometimes it's not even that you wouldn't give them time. It's that you just don't even see the email mm-hmm. or you know, you just don't have time to respond or you have someone else right now. But one thing I learned quickly was that people always come around, whether it's right away or three years later, and they will come around when the time is right. I remember reaching out to someone and it's a story I tell a lot of people who like a lot of my mentees, I had reached out to someone and, you know, again, just was like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I would love to work with you sometime. And it was a quick, like nonchalant, like, oh yeah, send me an email. I'll look at it whenever. And I was like, okay. And me being me, I just never followed up. I was like, okay, she has my email. (laughs) She can do what she wants with it. Three years later, I get an email and it was literally like an apology of her being like, I am so sorry. I didn't look at your work. I didn't realize what your actual talents were. She's like, "I I need to work with you. And till this day, it's about maybe three and a half years now. It's been nonstop clients that she's been sending me. And we're talking like clients from all over the world. So it goes to saying like, it didn't happen right away, but people are always, people watch. They just got to figure out when the right time is. Yes. That is something that I have definitely learned from working in social media is that not everybody's commenting, not everybody's engaging. Everybody is watching. Everyone's watching or they've crossed paths with someone who knows you or it's, oh yeah, I've seen her work somewhere and it always happens. 
When you were sending out some of the, for example, cold emails, what was the role, do you think, that sort of being helpful and providing relevant content was in perhaps attracting attention or building your brand awareness? So I think it starts off with knowing who and what you're trying to work in. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think if I, for example, I'm working with entrepreneurs who are females who are doing the brand development, I'm not going to reach out to a restaurant and say, hey, let me shoot your stuff if that's not where I'm then trying to use for my portfolio. So even though you're working as a digital consultant and all that kind of stuff, you are still narrowing your niche and focusing on a particular segment. Correct. And like, don't get me wrong. There's times where you will get those one-off clients and you know, you take it for the money, but it's what you put out there. And I have so much clientele and so much work under my belt that no one has ever seen Mm -hmm. because it's not to be seen. It's not something I'm trying to showcase, but then I do have my selected portfolio that will be shown online. If you are looking for this type of individual to work with you, then here's my work. Now, do you think um, in terms of branding, Mm -hmm. do you think that also applies to us as job seekers, especially in this day and age where we are now all brands, you know, open quote, close quote kind of thing? Even if you are not planning to start a company, Mm -hmm. we each individually kind of are our own companies. How do you think think that plays into this brand development that you're talking about? So this is a two-part thing. In terms of us being our own brand, people will buy because they are trying to support you. Or people will give in to your brand because people believe in you. And I've had so many clients who has booked me, not because they've seen my work, not because they know, like they know of what I can do, but because they just follow me. And they're like, she does something, I just want to work with her. So you have to understand that as an individual, first off, whether it's a company, whether it's, you know, you launching a product, people will more so give in to you than they will the actual thing you're offering, right? That's just like the one side of it. Authenticity then is kind of a key word. 100%. Nowadays, yeah. So that's like the first area when it comes to that personal. Now, when it comes to the, you know, entering the job world and looking for that niche, if you're coming straight out of school, like, let's be real, you probably don't have that much experience under your belt. And I think, and I I say this all the time, don't be afraid to go out there and test the different areas because digital marketing is so broad. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe work for a few companies you don't really ideally want to work for, but gain that experience because every job you walk into, there is something to be taught or something to be learned, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's another thing where, you know, we come out of school and we're stubborn and we just want to get this dream job and we have no experience. And then we get that dream job and we get fired after the first like date because we don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) True. Being in the corporate world, it is so different than being in school. We are taught textbook stuff. But then when you are in these jobs, you are on the go, you are on the fly, you're dealing with bad reviews and you're dealing with like immediate demands and you're dealing with all this stuff and you have to like figure it out as you go. And again, digital media is changing daily. Mm -hmm. So you learned two weeks ago may not be relevant today. Very true. You have to be open to want to learn. You have to be open to ask those questions. You have to be open to get into those jobs for the first little bit that you may not like just to gain the experience and just to understand where your skill sets are and what you actually enjoy. What particular skills or training did you receive at Humber that you have certainly used as you've gone forward in your career or that you still use to this day? (laughs) I want to say patience. (laughs) A soft skill. There we go. That that was a big one. But no, definitely analytics, definitely the targeting. Um, That was one of the biggest I think I had taken away from then. The notion of finding the personas and the, 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 the niche target that you want to work with. Because you will hear that a lot in companies when you get hired. Mm-hmm. Finding out who are you, who is that ideal customer. You'll hear them say that. You'll say, okay, well, figure out who our ideal customer is. Had I not gotten the full-on breakdown as to what an ideal customer should look like, it's something that could be easily overlooked. 
and how to and how to find that customer, how to figure out who that customer is. Exactly. And being able to find that ideal customer and being able to nail that ideal customer then can translate into who you're running ads for. Right. Because that ideal customer is needed. So that's definitely something that Humber had taught me along with, again, you know, just making sure your message is clean, making sure you're, you are making the right story come out because it's your, it's a one-time impression. Yes. This is all people are going to see you as the, this is your digital resume, basically. Exactly. On that note, (laughs) the terrific segue, do you have a couple of little tips or tricks for students when they're getting their resume together, when they're applying for a job or when they're sitting in that interview? You have to understand when going into these interviews that you know, if, you, if you're obviously if you're applying for a role, um, the HR has heard everything. So you need to figure out a way your skill set stand out. Um, a lot of what I would do is I would go in with a full on deck. Like I'm bringing my laptop, I'm pulling my laptop out and I'm presenting full on graphs and charts and analytics and, you know, numbers. Like, you know, there was a, an event I ran where in two days we hit about 4.9 million um, impressions. And seeing that and being able to be like, look, this was done in two days is obviously going to impact HR and stay in their mind more than someone who just comes with a piece of paper. One thing I've learned too in the marketing world is a lot of people are very visual. Right. Okay. If you can not only bring your resume, not only bring your skill sets and not only bring, you know, your receipts, I like to call them your receipts, your examples of what you've done. Yeah. Having that visual presentation just takes it up one more. Having that website, having those little things where that just sets you aside, trying to make you just trying to stay in the, the HR's mind. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And again, if they don't hire you right away, you never know who they're referring you to. And that's another thing I've learned. It's they may say, you know, I'm sorry, you're not for us, but I've had times where they not taking me and then all of a sudden someone else was like, Hey, this person recommended you. And I'm like, Cool, okay. So that's that that goes back to that notion that everyone is paying attention. You might not know it. Yep. You may feel like you don't have the experience. You may feel like you don't know it. Numbers matter. Numbers are huge. Right. If you can actually prove that you've hit a certain amount of numbers and certain goals and certain KPIs, which is the biggest, that is everything that they want to see. The evidence. The evidence. Yeah. The receipts. What would you say is the role of networking or what is the importance of networking as we go out there into the world and continue through our professional lives? In the last three roles that I've received, it was literally back to back to back. And when I mean back to back, I mean like my contract had ended on, let's say a Monday. And by Monday evening, I had gotten a job for another full-time contract because people were all just vouching for me. And it was me being able to pick up the phone because I had a good connection with a past employer or with a past friend. And I was like, hey, currently looking for work. Do you know anybody? And within seconds, it was like, here, 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 here. So it, you know, really... It's, it's creating those authentic relationships. And that's the biggest. It's it, People will know when you're using them. People will know when you want something from them versus when you're literally just being like, hey, just check in, hope you're doing well. It takes, you know, 20 seconds to send that email. And that 20 seconds can hold you for years to come. You have no idea. That's something we I like to touch on as well, that networking is not always just about getting a job. It is about building your professional network mm-hmm. of friends, acquaintances, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. A lot of people feel like when you network, you need to network with a purpose. And that's not true. And my biggest thing is when I network, I network to see how I can serve you. Mm. Because I don't network to see what I can get in return. I network to see what I can serve you. Because when I'm servicing you and I'm elevating you, you will help me someday without even really realizing it. Because it's very rare to find people who just generally want to help them. Without an without an ulterior motive. Correct. 
So if you put me alongside someone else and someone else is like, hey, my name is Desiree, you know, I'm looking for this, this, this. And then there's me coming to you and being like, hey, James, tell me about yourself. Like, you know, you know, if there's anything I can help you with, if you need help website or you need me to review something, feel free to send it over. I don't mind. You're going to be like, wait, you want to help me and there's no fees attached? You will move a certain way with me. Something a friend of mine often says, which is people notice what you do for them, but what they really care about is how they feel when they're with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about personal relationships here. A lot of my clientele, for example, they've never stepped in front of a camera. They've never taken photos of themselves. They're very self, like self um, cautious or, you know, and not within like five minutes of shooting with me, they're like laughing and we feel, they feel like they're with their best friend. And it's very rare to do that because a lot, a lot of people know how to tap into someone they just met and open up at a level of feeling like you've known me for years. And it'll be full conversations as though Mm -hmm. we didn't just meet five minutes ago. Well, Desiree Thomas, I just want to thank you for elevating us with all of your advice and help today. Thank you. Thank you. And you can follow Desiree on LinkedIn and visit her website by clicking on the links provided. That's all for this edition of Grads Give Back. Be sure to join us again next month when we speak with another of our inspiring business marketing graduates. I'm your host, James Anderson. Thank you for listening.